0: A reading from Acts. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over the course of 40 days, and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, As they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, "'Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go.'" Into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.
1: Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the Russian writer and dissident, found himself in prison years ago for his outspoken criticism of the Soviet government and regime. He was sentenced to hard labor in the Gulag archip- archip- archipelago. It was a concentration camp with horrible conditions. To top it off, not only that, he had lost his family and had been told by the prison doctor that he had terminal cancer. Along with the other prisoners, he worked day after day in the fields, rain or shine, summer and winter. His life appeared to be nothing more than back-breaking labor and slow starvation. The intense suffering reduced him to a state of despair. On one particular day, the hopelessness of his situation became just too much for him. He saw no reason to continue to struggle, saw no reason to keep on living. His life made no difference to the world, or so he thought, so he gave up. Leaving his shovel on the ground, slowly he walked to a crude bench and sat down and he knew that any moment the guard would order him to stand up and when he refused to do so the guard most likely would beat him to death with his own shovel he'd seen it happen before as he waited head down he felt a presence Slowly he looked up and saw a skinny old prisoner that he had never seen before and never saw again. And that old prisoner squatted down beside him, said nothing, but simply took a stick and in the dirt drew a cross. He got back up without saying a a word and returned to his work. As Solzhenitsyn stared at the cross that the old man had drawn, his entire perspective changed. He knew that he was only one man against the all-powerful Soviet Empire, yet he he knew that there was something far greater than the evil he saw there in the prison camp. Something far greater than the Soviet Union. He knew that hope for all people was represented in that simple cross and that through the power of the cross, anything was possible. So slowly, Solzhenitsyn rose to his feet, picked up his shovel and went back to work. Outwardly, nothing had changed, but inside he had received hope. In the scripture that Katie read, to us just a few moments ago from the first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. Each one of us here today is given a very important job to fulfill. Each one of us who confesses that Jesus is Lord. Each one of us who names ourselves after Christ the Lord by calling ourselves, by claiming to be Christians. Like the old prisoner who drew the cross in the dirt. For Solzhenitsyn, we are commissioned to be witnesses. Yes, we all have a ministry. Could the Lord be saying to you this morning, every every one of us, every one of us, I hope you realize how important your ministry is. I hope you realize how much I'm counting on you to be faithful to do the ministry I have called you to do. Jesus had been crucified on the cross, raised from the dead, and now he prepares to depart, to leave his disciples. He says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. Served a church several years ago that set up their missions around that verse. They had a Jerusalem team that focused on local ministries. They had a Judea team that focused on ministries in the United States and a Samarian team that focused on international issues. To the ends of the earth. You remember the words of Matthew, Go therefore, as you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And then in John's gospel, Jesus is preparing to leave. Those who believe in me will do greater works than even I am doing, for I am going to the Father. It's all over. It's all over the gospels. In other words, I'm leaving. I'm not going to be in your midst the same way that I have been up until now. But you will receive God's power through the Holy Spirit, and this ministry that I have begun is now yours to carry on. Remember that. I'm passing the mantle on to you. You're responsible. Please don't let it die. I'm counting on you. Who were these people? These that Jesus was entrusting his ministry. These disciples or apostles. Who were they? Well, we can begin to get a picture of who they were by first looking at who they weren't. Uh, they were not the religious type, and the normal religious type, not a seminary graduate in the bunch, common, ordinary, fishermen, merchants, laborers, business people. One was even an IRS agent, a tax collector. Another was said to be an accountant or bookkeeper, people from all over many walks of life. And then there was Paul who claimed to be an apostle, called himself an apostle, and he made tents for a living. He was bivocational. It was to these kind that Jesus says, you shall be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. These were the ones you remember who only a short time before had abandoned Jesus Abandoned Him during the trial and the crucifixion, and the closest they came to the cross was a long way off. These were failures. They were broken. They were wounded. They were guilty. I don't believe that's the group I would have entrusted to carry on my message. But that's what Jesus did. And if they could be used by God in a mighty way, you and I can be used by God in a way that transforms the world. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You and I, the common ones, the professionals, the educated, the uneducated, the rich, the poor, the weak, the strong, You and I, every single one of us we are called. Every single one of us in this room has a circle of influence. You are a missionary from this church. When you leave here, you may be the only gospel, the only church, the only witness that many people will experience in the coming week. And what you do what you fail to do will make a real difference in those lives. Each of us has persons with whom we have influence. What if you hold back and do not offer the simple witness of your faith? What would have happened to Alexander Solzhenitsyn? The witness is not only words for when When Stanley discovered Livingston in Central Africa and had spent some time with him, he said, if I had been with him any longer, I would have been compelled to be a Christian. He never spoke to me about it at all. Just the way he lived. The witness of a life devoted to Jesus Christ is almost irresistible. I may have told you about my grandfather Hampton, my mother's father. Third grade education. A deacon at the American Baptist Church, charter member, Ulysses, Kansas. An evangelist would come and say, well, Brother Pierce, would you lead us in prayer? And he always sat at the back on a folding chair with the other usher. And the other usher always covered for him because my grandfather would not pray out loud in public. But his life was a life of witness. We didn't run the tractor. We didn't water the crops on Sunday. Never said anything. But I would go out with him at 1155 Saturday night and turn off those irrigation wells because we don't water on the Lord's Day. The witness of life can transform others. Oh, but I can't witness. That's not right. You do. You do witness. The, the only issue is what kind of witness are you? Are you a faithful witness or a sorry witness? Or somewhere like most of us in between? The question is, to what and for whom are you a witness? You see, all of us witness daily with the choices we make, the way we relate to our coworkers. I think I've told you this, but I'm going to tell you again because it speaks to my struggles. We were in Hickory, North Carolina, driving our little car. And somebody rear-ends me. And I was mad. I grabbed the door handle, got ready to give that woman a little piece of my mind, what I had left to share. And Diane grabs me and she says, Lane, remember, you're on television. Because every Sunday morning we were live. Our church was live. She was saying to me, what you do makes a difference. What you do or don't do makes a huge difference. How you use your money and the other resources that you have. The words that you use. Every one of us here is a witness. The critical, crucial, pivotal issue is what and for whom are you a witness? Are you a witness to the power of God in Jesus Christ or the gods of this age materialism, power, manipulation. It makes a difference not only to you, but to those around you. To what and for whom are you a witness? Speak up for the one you believe. Live up for the one you believe, in whom you believe. Yes, in McLean, Tyson's Corner, Fairfax, Annandale, Alexandria, Chantilly, Reston, Sterling, Bethesda, College Park, and somebody reminded me that I hadn't mentioned Falls Church in the early service, so Falls Church, you folks. And to the very ends of the earth, let those who have ears to hear, hear. Amen.